Welcome to Growing Through Grief. I'm your host, Diana Curtis. Growing Through Grief is a weekly sprinkle of education and inspiration to help you take action that leads to personal freedom and greatness. I share powerful conversations with grief experts, spiritual advisors, and other courageous souls in this transformational podcast. I believe with the right support and the power of community, you can eliminate unnecessary prolonged grief. I'm here to teach you how to normalize, recognize, and use grief as a growth tool. I've been a champion for growth for decades since the loss of my mother. Together, we are growing. I'll give you weekly tips and small steps that will move the needle forward so that you are experiencing a healthy inner relationship with yourself. Let's get started. Welcome back to Growing Through Grief podcast. I'm your host, Diana Curtis. If you're new to the show, welcome, welcome, welcome. And I'm so glad you're here. So I got to experience some sunshine, great, clean food in a very ritzy, affluent part of Atlanta, Georgia, yesterday with my daughter. As we sat on the balcony, feeling the wind on our face, our hair was blowing, and we were people watching. My now 23-year-old daughter said to me, wow, this feels good. It feels good to connect to the world again. I've been longing for this moment, moments to connect to people, to strangers. It's what makes me happy. Now, even though she and I have spent months together, semi-isolated and quarantined, we still have this longing in our hearts to connect to others that are our age that will offer us different conversations and different experiences. But the experience of being out connected in the world, it was so magical as we watched the babies, the little children play in the grass with their favorite pets, as we watched mom and dad chase after their little ones. And then we got an opportunity to experience the waitress generosity and kindness. When she offered, we didn't ask, an additional portion of kale salad and sweet potatoes. And it was, it was just magical watching how others interacted among themselves with such awe and appreciation. If they were anything like me, the more I experienced the wanting and the desires of things and things that had been off limit for the past year, the more I was amazed by his presence and his power in that moment. Strangers were connecting, adults and children, although we were six feet apart, I watched as they licked their ice cream cone as if it was the best moment of their life. Ah, my heart felt so loved. There was no words necessary. Just the connection to the fresh air said it all. I realized how grieving the loss of those experiences and now being in the midst of it all was just really kind of magical. 
It was a sweet reminder of how grief can take you to magical places if you process it and allow yourself to move to the other side of it. If you allow yourself to feel the pain of wanting something to be different from what it is, of wanting something that's not possible for you to have, and then when you get it, there's a deeper appreciation for it. We experience life and death every day. We experience so many different forms of life. We experience different forms of death every day. They won't always be noticeable, yet they are real. Life and death can even be found within our daily madness, or we could feel it through a kind word from a stranger or an unpleasant confrontation. Now, if you start paying attention to each of those occurrences, good or bad, you will learn a lot about yourself. You will learn a lot about your overall life. Just imagine with me for a moment what life would be like if you start to live your life in gratitude simply for the gift of time. Take advantage of that gift and then make sure to live every day with absolute presence. I know for me, I set the intention to experience life with its fullest potential. Yes, I do miss the mark sometimes, but I understand how critical it is to give life to myself, to give life to others, even if it's with just a smile, a head nod, a thumbs up, letting them know that they're doing a great job. What about a warm hug of gratitude for just being me and feeling the, the death or the deep breath of love for the sun, the rays of the sun shining on my skin, on my face? It just gave us life. Now, you might be thinking, what if it's the loss of a loved one? First, I would say, don't go it alone. What comes to mind to me when I hear that question is loss, loneliness, grief, and a new story. The loss might cause you to go into isolation for months. Now, if you heard my last episode, you know that I just lost my brother, Larry. I'm realizing the mystery behind grief. And I'm also realizing how important it is to grieve. But I know that it's important, it's very critical that I grieve with a purpose. And this grief is allowing me to walk in doors I never thought I would walk through, to have conversation with people I never imagined having conversations with. And I also have more empathy for others who've lost their brother. When you lose something or somebody, it's like a breaking away of your security your dreams, your hopes, and your expectations. So how do you exist after the breakup, the breakdown of those expectations? Many people start mind grabbing. We start looking for something to make us feel better. And oftentimes we start having the mind chatter, we're reaching for thoughts, just anything to be able to feel better. 
And the reality is those thoughts really make you feel worse. Mind grabbing is really telling you a story of how you're processing the pain. So just take a moment to breathe and quiet down. Quiet down, rest the mind, return to your heart, and guess what? There you are. You're there waiting for you, waiting to be loved, to feel love again, to understand what just happened, what is happening, to have some sense of control. That's what we really want. We are control freaks. We want control beyond the chaos, beyond the sadness, beyond the pain. We just want the pain to go away. Mind grabbing gives you just that. That's the one thing we can control, how we think. So that's what we go for. But what if we reverse that? What if you reverse that and begin to control how you feel using positive thoughts? It's my experience that people are afraid to feel that pain. They're not sure they can survive the pain. And they're certainly not interested in reliving the pain. So that isolation, that aloneness, and that separation just become part of who they are. Oftentimes, the fear is so big, they, they fear being hurt. And that force, that thought, those thoughts are so strong that they hide in their homes. Now, here's a question that has been coming up for me. Will we as a society, will we as human beings go back to the wounds of separation as we return to a life of normalcy? Now, I'm talking about separation caused by a sense of superiority. I'm talking about the type of separation where you feel like you're better than another person or you're judging someone else as wrong and you're right. You're judging them as bad and you're good. Or maybe you're telling yourself, you don't think like me, so something must be wrong with you. Or perhaps you're, you're expressing your sexual orientation is different from mine, so you're not as good as me. All of that is just various forms of suffering. So pause for a moment and just think about that. What is that? What does it feel like to be you if that's you? With all of that moving in and out of your body, in and out of your breath. Now, I'm not judging any of it. We can count it all good. But if it's something that you no longer desire, what are you willing to do going forward? Are you willing to commit to doing something different? Perhaps being less judgmental? All it does is move you to a place of separation. And that separation leads to loneliness. You may be telling yourself, well, I'm taller than you and you're shorter than me. I'm more educated than you. I'm more wealthy than you. I have a nice mansion. I have fences. I have gates that separate me, that protect me from the world, from others. The very people you were created to connect to. You now have walls between you. Now know that I'm not judging the wealthy. I'm not judging abundance. We were created to live in an abundant life. I'm not judging anyone who's living a life of opulent. 
I affirm that lifestyle for them. I affirm that lifestyle for myself, you, and whoever wants it. But here's the thing. Material things doesn't bring happiness. People need people. We need each other. It's how we are wired. Yet we tell ourselves these stories to help us feel good inside, better than the next person. Again, those wounds of separation that we create due to this story of superiority. We're suffering because we're created to feel that oneness with each other, not isolated from each other, not separated from each other. We're created to feel that oneness, to connect to all that we know and experience as human, as the same individuals. Yet we're very different. Now we hear that all the time, that we are one. We hear it over and over and over. We are one. So what does that mean, we are one? Here's my perspective. I have my own personality. My kids have their own personality. You have your own personality. We all have a different, unique body. But there is something that connects us all together as one. There's a common thread which we all come from. We're all cut from the same cloth. Have you ever noticed you can be watching someone on TV and they're going through a horrible experience? You never met them, yet you connect with their pain. You feel some of what they feel. That's proof, that's evidence that we are all connected. Now, yes, there's a time to go on a sabbatical, to go on a retreat, to replenish your soul, to rebuild your energy back up. There are times we need to disconnect from the world and other people so that we can nurture and nourish our soul. Now, what about the death of normalcy due to COVID? Yep, the pandemic caused a lot of separation and loneliness. Our voices were silenced behind the mask. Our grandchildren were far distant from the hugs that we so desired for ourselves. But if we're really being truthful about this separation thing, we were separated from each other before the pandemic. And when the pandemic showed up, it sent us into isolation to be with ourselves, And then our stuff started to come up, right? It just started rising up to this top. It started rising up to the surface. And a lot of us didn't know what to do with that stuff. It is my belief that in order to heal the stuff, we have to connect back to that one thing that governs all of life. That one thing. It's that part of us that's just waiting for us to return, to return back to our heart, to just be connected to that part, which is the core, the essence of who we are. That's my mission in life, is to help others return back to their heart, a heart of love. And when that happens, the connection with others, which is the flow of life, it just flows perfectly. And I believe you will absolutely not have a desire to feel better than the next person or isolate yourself from others. Here's the thing. 
If you make the decision now to choose something different, to love yourself more, to love loved ones more, when our loved ones move to their next journey of their soul, you will have so many fond memories to love on. Yes, it will still hurt, but there will be so much that will be present to shift you from that pain into a space of love. And you will know how to build an inner relationship with that person you lost. And I believe it would be somewhat effortless. The wound of separation hurts. All any of us want is to be loved, to be seen, to be heard, and to be cared for, not to feel invisible. I believe we must start with reconnecting to ourselves first. Now, for some of us, that will require a lot of work. For others, you just need to forgive. Whatever your situation is, you can start today. If you have an estranged child, a sister, a brother, niece, a nephew, or even your parents, start reconnecting back to them today just by simply sending love their way. It doesn't mean you have to pick up the phone or call anyone. That's not what I'm saying. You don't have to call anyone. Start working with yourself. When you send love to others, you feel it first. And you can't give to others what you don't have. So think loving thoughts for your loved ones and others. And you will attract more the same. More love, more love, more love. We were created, we were designed to be in relationship with each other. We need each other. And if we don't have that connection with each other, we grieve the loss of the connection. So choose today to no longer struggle with separation and disconnection from yourself and others. And give yourself a big hug right now for connecting to this community. Appreciate yourself for listening to this episode. Yeah, start small. Start small, one step at a time. It doesn't have to be anything big and grand. Take a breath and be grateful for the next one. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. And in the meantime, keep on growing. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Growing Through Grief and being part of this loving community of women. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share and spread the word. Let's help all women become richer and more nourished in their heart so that they're able to just keep on rising. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or topic ideas, or you would like to be a guest on my show, you can reach me directly at coachingtotheheart.org. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep on growing.